All right, welcome back to J. Tom Lawler Arena. Mike Magnick, John Leahy with you here. A rare Tuesday afternoon tilt as Merrimack is hosting the Swedish under-20 team, one of the Swedish under-20 teams as it turns out, and winning by a score of 3 to nothing at the end of two periods. With us, Dave Starman, CBS College Sports, doing the hockey's broadcast there with Eric Fried. First of all, Dave, uh, did you get a chance to see the game last night down at Harvard? And, and how did, I mean, a turnaround playing... Monday night and having to come back and play at noon can't be easy for the Swedish club. Uh, I didn't see the game last night. I was actually home with my kids watching them make pumpkin pie and destroying my kitchen. But, uh, uh, I, you know, I think for a road team, whether or not it's a team coming over from overseas or even a local team, that's a pretty tough turnaround, 7 o'clock one night to noon the next day. And I think the fatigue level towards the end of the first period started to show. And fatigue leads to frustration. You can see it starting to happen. Now, interesting uh, to hear, I found out in the middle of the game, I guess, that uh, that the Swedish team is actually staying on campus here at Merrimack and staying in the, in the resident halls, dining halls, and uh, practicing here at Merrimack. So it's kind of an interesting arrangement. It's a smart move by Merrimack because it allows the kids to, to see what the college lifestyle is like. And as you know, there have been a lot of kids who have come over you know, from Sweden and from Europe in general that have found a lot of success in the NCAA. You know, you think back here in Hockey East, you think of Gustav Lankwist, and that Liedemark kid who's also at Maine, I think is going to be a pretty good player. And you look at the CCHA with Carl Hagelin and Gustafson up in northern Michigan, and I know I'm missing one, Kelly Ritterwall at Notre Dame. You know, there have been a lot of good Swedish kids that have come over, and you, you know what it's like. Once you get a pipeline established, you can keep going back to the well. So for Merrimack, it's a pretty smart move. And they do have, uh, we heard through the, uh, the, the grapevine, their recruiting circles, they've got uh, a goaltender coming in next year from Finland, as it turns out, Rasmus Terranen. So they, some of those European players, I guess you never know. I know some of the guys from the Swedish team are playing professionally over there right now. Now, so, of course, they wouldn't be eligible to play college. But some of the younger guys, are, uh, could you see perhaps some of the players on the Swedish team coming to play in the U.S. next year? I think whenever, you, whenever you've got skilled kids, especially coming over from Finland, Sweden, they're so good in terms of their skating. They're so good in terms of their hand skills. And I think their mentality of continuing to keep the puck moving and going forward is something that college coaches want, especially here in Hockey East. Because I think of the all the conferences that I see throughout the year, Hockey East to me is the one that's the most north-south. It's the one that continues to attack the net. It's the one where I think that skates as well as any. And I think for kids with that European background, they fit hockey East, whether it be a Merrimack or a Boston College, very well. With the Swedish team staying here at Merrimack all week and, and playing Harvard last night, Merrimack this afternoon, and then they'll play Williams and UMass this weekend. Uh, is there, I'm sure there'll be some interaction between the players, the, the Merrimack players and the Swedish players, uh, the coaches as well. Is, is the, are there things that each could learn from each other? Oh, there's no question. I think that anytime you play a team or anytime you go watch another team, you can learn something on a daily basis. I, mean, I know during during my coaching career in the minor leagues, you know, whenever you'd watch film on a team that you're about to play, there was always one or two things you saw either from a player or from their system itself where you said to yourself, you know what, I'd love to incorporate that into our system. Obviously, you want to try to figure out how to stop the other team from doing it. But then you say, you know what, I'd like to bring that in as part of our thing. So anytime you watch a game, you can. And, you know, last year doing the World Junior Tournament, the one thing that Team USA's players talked about a lot was they loved watching the Swedes. They loved watching the Russians. They loved watching the Canadians because there were so many little things that they could pick up and put into their games. It's interesting to me to hear before the game that John and I had a chance to chat with Roger Ronberg, the head coach of, of the Swedish team, and, and we asked him to talk about his team, his philosophy of hockey. He said we want to own the puck, puck possession. I found that interesting because I've always seen UMass as a club that a puck possession kind of team under Don Cahoon. And, of course, Mark Denny, he coached at UMass, and he's trying to bring the same kind of thing here to Merrimack. You know, when, it's funny because when we talked with the Swedish team last year up in Saskatoon, the 
the head coach, and it's unfortunate his name escapes me, but he was talking about how hockey is a game of individuals that play together. It's a game of one-on-ones all over the ice. And if you can win your one-on-ones, then you can be selfish enough to do good things with the puck and then be able to remove yourself from the puck and move it elsewhere, that you've got a leg up on just about anybody else you're going to play against. I thought it was an interesting philosophy. And, you know, the European teams have always been puck possession. We always joke that it'll take them 15 minutes to set up the perfect shot, but when they get that perfect shot, it generally, generally goes in. I think you're right, though. UMass, Boston College, Boston University, all puck possession teams. So, again, when we talk about players coming from Europe over to here, it fits the philosophy. But I also think that hockey, as opposed to years ago, has become much more of a universal system than a North American style or a European style or a Russian style. I, I really think everybody's picked so much from each other that the styles are becoming much more similar, therefore allowing American players to do well overseas and European players to do well over here. We're talking with Dave Starman between periods here. It's 3 nothing Merrimack Tuesday afternoon game. Merrimack playing the Swedish under-20 team, and Dave is the color analyst for CBS College Sports. And you guys are doing a lot of hockey's broadcasts this year. You've seen a number of the teams and a uh, number of teams that we actually haven't seen firsthand yet. kind of interested to get your take on those clubs and maybe how Merrimack stacks up against them. Well, I'll tell you, we've seen, uh, I've seen a ton of Maine so far, and you know when we saw them out of Michigan State, they, the first game they played out there, they had a 4-2 lead, and they allowed Michigan State to come back, and you know I thought their goaltending was pretty average that night, but they played well, and they skated well, and I turned to Frieder at one point, and I said, you know, I, this reminds me a lot of their, their team in 06, just a good skating team that can play physical, get their Ds involved, uh, this Will O'Neill kid on defense, I really like, he moves the puck well, got a good shot. I like that line with Nyquist. Tanner House to me is a is a house in front of the net. I mean, he just, we joked on the air, he does things big. And I really like him as a player. So Maine, we've seen it done. UNH got a very good number one line with DeSimone, Thompson, and Cislo. Uh Blake Kessel, I think, is a big factor. I think Matt DiGirolamo as a, as a rookie goaltender is going to be a good one. I really like the way the kid plays. He's got good composure. So I think UNH is, is going to be a factor this year. Uh, I'm going to see Boston College tonight. I'm looking forward to it. I saw BU at the icebreaker. They played very well. I was thrilled to see an Apple Corps alumni and Sean Escobedo score the game-winning goal in the tournament. But I, I think BU, despite the fact not having the powerhouse players that they had a couple of years ago, their system is very good. And again, we talk about north-south. BU goes north-south. They go to the net. They jam the net. They play it simple, but they can play it well. So I think Hockey East is going to be exciting again. And, you know, we as a network are so happy to be back in Hockey East. It was a long time those two years that we didn't get a chance to be back here, but we're ecstatic about it. And so uh, we'll see, actually, Merrimack plays Providence on Friday, but then they'll face BU for a home-and-home the weekend after that. Uh, Maybe you can give us a little bit of a preview. How does BU stack up against Merrimack and vice versa? I I think BU and Merrimack's a good matchup. Merrimack wants to skate. Merrimack looks solid a goal today. This is the first time I've seen them. You know, and the DaCosta kid, I, I think that he levels the playing field a lot in any game that he plays in. Now, you know, it, it's hard to predict ahead, you know, how will Merrimack and BU stack up as the season goes on. Injuries will play into it. But I think when you look at the top six forwards here at Merrimack, their top six forwards have got skill, they've got some speed, they got a little size up there. I like the Ross kid defensively. He's got a good stick, and, he, and he's solid in front of his own end. So to me, when you, when you look at Hockey East, I think it's been this way for a few years now, if you're looking at a team, you're going to classify them as a bottom five team. I don't think the bottom five teams are any kind of pushover when the top five teams come to town, whether it be or home or road. And that, to me, is what makes hockey so unique. But I, I like Merrimack's team. I, I like their jump today. And I like the fact that they knew they were going to get a tired team and they stepped on them when they could. Killer instinct, to me, is worth a lot. 
before we let you go, I know another thing you follow often is the uh, you know the guys who are going to be uh, Hobie Baker candidates. You see a lot of hockey around the country. Who are some of the guys to keep an eye out for this year? Well, I certainly think you'd have to throw DeCosta into that mix if, if he has a good season. He's so highly touted. You know, I, when you look around the country, there's there's a lot of good players out there. The one guy that I think should be a legitimate Hobie Baker candidate is Matt Rust at the University of Michigan. And uh, I think he's the, the prototypical perfect college hockey player who I think is going to be a very good pro. But he, he works, he hustles, he's got very good skills, great hands. He is probably the best penalty killer in the NCAA. I mean, he makes more happen four on five than a lot of guys do five on four. So, I mean, I think if you're looking for a real early breakout candidate right now, and again, I haven't seen the whole country yet, but to me, if Matt Ross doesn't get into your conversation, then I think your conversation is missing a key element. I, I think you've seen Miami. Carter Camper's got something like 22 points. It's ridiculous at this point. Is he that good? Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> he really is. Carter Camper's a solid player. I think, you know, when the committee looks at these players overall, they're looking at a lot of different things. I think Carter Camper, as a team captain, brings a lot of those things to the table. He's a, he's a good leader. Uh, like Russ, I mean, same kind of player. Very hard-nosed, very determined. They don't let their lack of size bother them at all. And he has got a pro shot. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see how he translates ahead despite his small size. I can't wait to see him translate ahead to the pro level. All right, thanks, Dave. Are you doing the junior games again this year? Uh, apparently, yes, unless they hear something different. But uh, we're waiting to make that official, I guess, sometime in the next couple of weeks. Okay, that would be on the NHL Network, I believe. That is correct. Yep. Okay, and when's the next CBS College Sports broadcast? That would be November 19th. It is a Yale at Cornell, and that is the ultimate uh, difference in style. Skating team like Yale and the blood and gutsers of Cornell, but it's always fun up at Lina. And with the way I know Cornell had some trouble last weekend, maybe uh, not as defensive a club as they used to be with the two games they had in Yale. We know they can score goals. That could be a, an over-under kind of game. <laughs> yeah, I just actually I watched them in the Ivy League shootout score 14 goals. But, uh, you know, I, I think when you look at Cornell, you know, don't judge them on what they've done yet. I think Cornell's one of those judge them on their body of work type of teams. And to me, you know, towards the end of the season, I know they had to replace Ben Scrivens, their goalie. But I think they're going to be a tough out. So that, that could be a very interesting uh, game to watch. All right, thanks, Dave. Great to see you. Good luck. My pleasure, Mike. That is Dave Starman. He is color analyst for CBS College Sports. And uh, so certainly tune into his broadcast. Again, the score here at the end of two periods. Merrimack leading Sweden by the score of three to nothing.